before I begin, uh, I want to dedicate the shear. This shear should be a blessing and a merit for the health and success of the families of Regina Bas Yosef Ruvain and Yeshaya Ben Yisrael, Benjamin Wolf, uh, Ben Tzvi Hersh, and Baruch Ben Benjamin Wolf. Uh, the merit of the shear should go for the tremendous alias neshama of these people. I'd like to talk tonight <coughs> uh, about certain ideas and uh, also I, uh, I gave a shir last week <coughs> and um, there were certain ideas which I had not been able to cover so I certainly want to conclude that tonight and introduce some more ideas. Uh, first thing I want to say <coughs> uh, is that in many ways if you think about it what is happening in America I mean certainly you know is, uh, is very hard to believe I mean there are many things going on that's wrong with America this is what we see I mean the, the, right now the, one of the most pressing issues is the southern border where it's just open and everybody's streaming across hundreds of thousands of people I think last month <clears throat> they broke a record where over 300,000 illegal migrants crossed the border which is incredible it's the greatest migration uh, in human history in American history certainly and it's been going on for there are millions and millions of people migrants nobody knows who they are where they're settling, they have no idea if they're healthy or not, and there are enormous amount of terrorists among them. It's very hard. Now, I, I understand what the rationale is, you know, of the uh, Biden and the Democratic Party, but it's hard. But but Biden sees himself slipping. I think he's down to thirty-three, which is really basically means that it's impossible for him to win the elections but the question is why even if you felt that you want these people to come in because you're hoping that they will vote for you yeah but you're losing terribly so why continue this catastrophic policy you see and it's bringing enormous harm I mean one of the greatest dangers obviously of what's happening is everybody's afraid and uh, Christopher Ray, who's the uh, FBI head even he said the, the, the possibility of, the, of a uh, terrorist attack is enormously high because America is now filled with terrorist groups operating in different places in the country and even he said that the probability is very high so the question is, you know, what this clearly displays is, is their desire to get votes is the main idea. They don't care about the security and safety of America. It's obvious and so on. They have put their desire and their necessity for power above the safety of America. The question is, what does this mean? Well, one of the things I want to say is I believe, as I've mentioned, is that Trump, who I believe clearly is going to be the president, 
and, and destroy the Democratic Party. I believe he has in many ways taken away the free will of Biden and the Democratic Party, the liberals and the progressives and the radicals and so on. He has simply taken away their free will because it's not rational. Even if we understand a motive for this, but that motive in the face of his deteriorating poll numbers is not rational. So you have to come to the conclusion that the Rebbe has taken away their Bechira for the purpose of destroying them. You see, because how can anybody vote for this man? And it's not just the, uh, the southern border that's completely open. It's also the economy, the inflation, prices at the, at the grocery store, you know, and then you have the energy uh, where Biden has dismantled the energy apparatus of America. And I'm not even talking about foreign affairs, that the nations of the world, they laugh at America because of all your stupidity. I mean, it's, it's just hard to believe what's going on. I believe in a certain way that the Bershman has interfered with the free will of man. And I believe that he has done this because of the complete lunacy of what's happening in America. That's my conclusion of what is going on, you see. <clears throat> and the fact that they are okay with him running again when he obviously destroying America. And not only that, he's 81, he's too old, he's clearly demented, and so on, you know. He, the Russian wants this because I believe he wants to trounce Biden. And therefore, they don't have free will, which means that their time is up. That's what I, that's what I, I, I'm, I'm saying why this seems to me an obvious conclusion. There's something else that I wanted to mention, <clears throat> uh, and it's not, uh, and that is that it's not only Biden is irrational and the Democratic Party irrational. You have the mayors of, uh, and the governors of the states that are also irrational, <clears throat> you see. For instance, to get an example, you know, New York City and New York State, you have these two people, Eric Adams, and you have Kathy Hochul, they're completely incompetent. They don't have a clue as to how to save New York. New York is a dying city, uh, you know, and it's not only, it is dying, it's basically in many ways dead. Why? I mean, take a look. New York City is filled with drug addicts. They say you can't walk one block without smelling marijuana, you see. It's filled with homeless people, filled with people who have, you know, mental problems and so on, you know, uh, drug addicts, you know. It's very unsafe to walk in New York City. So the question is, where is this mayor? Now, what I look at, the same concept, that the Bunch and then I want to explain what my theory is. Why is the, why, why is the Bunch doing this? I believe in certain sense he's taken away the free will of Adams and Hochul, Gavin Newsom, and, and many other places in the United States, Chicago and so on. In other words, I believe that the Bunch wants to diminish the uh, sophistication of many cities in, in New York. The question is why. Uh, 
Now we know one of the major things, and this is what's so irrational. You know, you want to declare a sanctuary city. That's one thing, you know. But it's interesting. If you want to give charity, you can't take your hand, put it in my pocket, take out my money, and give charity. It's obvious. One does not have to be a rocket scientist, as they say, to figure that out. I want to give charity, fine. But how dare you put your hand in my pocket, you know, against my will, or not even asking me, and give charity? Well, if you think about it, hey, you want to, you know, you want to sponsor and support, you know, migrants? First of all, they're illegal. So you are not, it's not that they're legal migrants. They're all illegal. So how dare you do that? You're breaking the law. That's number one. Number two is how can you take your hand and put it in my pocket and give it to migrants? I mean, what they're receiving is beyond belief. They live in $500 a night hotels, right? Free education, free food. I mean, citizens of New York don't get this. Uh, nobody gets this. You want this? You gotta work for a living. You gotta make money. So not only does a migrant get something that the citizens themselves don't get, but they're all illegal. So what entitles them? So when you think about that, this is irrational. This is insane. It's lunacy. That's really what it is. You see? Uh, so like I say, there is a concept, you know, you want to help people, fine. But like I said, first of all, it's illegal. You can't do this. It's against the law. And the second thing is you want to give charity, fine. You know, but how do you take my money and give charity? And then obviously there's no limit. You see, so he said, so he puts out a call, uh, Adams, that anybody can come to New York. Well, are you stupid? Obviously, everybody's going to come to New York. If the border is open and you have hundreds of thousands of people coming across the border, right? Well, where do you think they're going to go? They're going to go to your city. So guess what? If you think that you have a moral obligation to support them, you're going to go bankrupt. Not only that, what do you get a right to take from the tax of the citizens of New York or New York State? It's just beyond belief. The corruption, you know, the twisted moral idea of Eric Adams. It's hard to fathom this. It's very hard to believe this. You see, it's irrational. So, of course, they say New York is going to be bankrupt in a couple of years. Because how could they sustain this debt? They say there's going to be a $12 billion, billion with a B, billion dollar debt next year. That means everybody in New York is going to have to pay through their nose, right? Money because of the migrants. <clears throat> they don't have that money. Now, Adams realized what he's done. Maybe. I don't even know if he really does, and so on. <clears throat> and he's trying now to issue edicts. Well, they have to check in 32 hours before, and this and that. So, of course, it's a, it's, it's a, as they say in Yiddish, it's a galakta. It's a laughter. This man's retarded. I hate to use that expression, 
But it's not because he's black, God forbid, that's not what I'm saying. But this man's ability to act as a responsible mayor for the citizens of New York is ludicrous. It's absurd. You see? If he wanted to invite these illegal migrants in, he should have said, up to a certain amount we can take. But he didn't do that. He says, come on, come all. Right? So, of course, the property tax in New York, the taxes of New York, is going to go through the roof. So, I asked myself, wait a minute, these, these, these people are not stupid. You know, I don't think they're too bright, but they're not stupid. I mean, what does it take to realize this is ridiculous? Even a 10-year-old kid can figure this out. So why are they doing this? Same idea. You see, I believe God has taken away the free will. And in many ways, He is causing not only the disruption, but the severe breakdown of American cities. Because it's not only happening here. I mean, how do you issue a bail law? Or I should say no bail law. Crime is rampant. You don't want to walk in this city. I heard a, re uh, a report that the, uh, the Broadway shows that they're losing a tremendous amount of money. Why? Because nobody wants to come to New York City at night and watch the shows. So they're losing a tremendous amount of money. Why? It's not safe. You know, if you go into the subway, you have to think five times before you walk into that subway. You see, and if anybody, uh, unfortunately, many people cannot avoid a subway because that's what they need to take go to work. So they never have to sit in a subway car, right? And be subject to tremendous fear. This is what's happening. And not only that, there's tremendous denial on the part of these people. You see, in any case, and I'm not even talking about the city council, that so many of their laws are absurd. So, when you look at irrationality, you see, when you look at lunacy from grown adults, that is so obvious to anybody that this is ridiculous, you have to ask yourself, wait a minute, what have happened to common sense? Obviously. You have to ask yourself, this is not a phenomenon that we've seen so often in the past. I mean, people make mistakes. But look at the frequency of this mistakes, if you want to call them, you know, between Biden, the Democratic Party, you see <clears throat> what's happening, the southern border, what's happening to the inflation. I mean, it's absolutely insane. What is happening to crime, the, uh, they, that they want to, you know, uh, uh, diminish the power of the police, no bail, recidivists commit crimes left and right. Yeah, guys committing crimes that have committed crimes, but they call them priors, you know, a hundred times. Why is this guy still walking around? Whatever happened to their feeling of responsibility to the office that they hold? None of this makes sense. So my conclusion of all of this, and this is the whole America, right, is descending into the pit. I believe this is part of the Xero against America. Why? One of the interesting ideas is that the relationship between Esav and Yaakov is what's called reciprocal. When one goes up, the other goes down. And when the other one goes up, then the other one goes down. So we find it says, All right, and, and one nation, right, 
will be more powerful than the other. So we learn from here that when Yaakov goes up in terms of civilization, sophistication, then Esav diminishes. And when Esav goes up, Yaakov diminishes. They're never equal. And there's an obvious reason. Because the Koyach of Esav is from the Sutton. That's in that which, uh, in other words, the, the power of Esav derives his power because he takes from the Kiddush of the Jews. When the Jews sin, that's when they diminish and they go down, they descend, and Esav goes up. Why? Because then the Koyach HaKiddusha, the, uh, the power of holiness, which means to take from the energy of the spheres, diminishes. It goes to the Sutton, and the Sutton gives it to Esav, because the Malach of Esav is the, the Sutton. You see? So that's why they're never equal, because the Sutton has to take from the holiness, the divine energy of the Jews. So it's either by the Jews or it's by Esav. You see? So there's never an equality here. It's like a seesaw. You know, one side's up, the other side's down, and vice versa, and so on. Mm. So therefore, what's interesting is when the Jews are about to go up, when they are up, look, we don't recognize that, uh, but the Jewish people have made tremendous strides in the last 20 years. I mean, when you look at Israel, Israel has 9 million people, which is a pittance when you think about that. Yet, they are one of the most sophisticated examples of civilization in the entire world. They're so far ahead of so many different nations, you know, in so many different areas, and we know high tech and this agriculture, water, water conservation, you know, in, in so many different areas, security, cyber security and so on, that it, 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 it's almost laughable that the nations of the world that have tens of millions of people and they have budgets bigger than I Israel, you see, and they have, like I said, much more people, much more land and so on, greater resources, yet they are far behind the advancement of Eretz Israel, of Israel. Is that an accident? Of course not, you see. The amount of entrepreneurship in Israel is astounding. In fact, they say that the amount of entrepreneurship of Israel is greater than Europe. You see? Which is astounding, like I said. <clears throat> and what you are witnessing now, especially as we come closer to Mashiach, is that the Sutton, as I will explain, is really dying. Because most of the Tikkun has been accomplished. 98% of the Tikkun has been accomplished. You know, of course it doesn't look that way because the satanic forces, the evil of the world, <coughs> seem so extreme. But you don't realize the Satan is dying and he's desperate. In fact, the proof of that is look what he's doing to Trump. Trump is the greatest enemy, not just to the Democratic Party. They're nobody. <clears throat> The real threat of, the, of, of uh, Trump is to the Sutton. Because what the Trump will do, and he has done it, he will enormously assist and aid the Jews, as I point out many times. Rav Yavoy that the older will serve the younger, you see. So 
the amount of assistance that he will give the Jews is when he becomes president is incredible, you see. And therefore, as a result of all that, you see, Esau, if the sun's dying, that means Esau has to go down. That's really what it means. Because like I said, when the Sutton has the, doesn't have the forces of spirituality, in Kabbalah it's called the sparks of holiness, then he descends in sophistication, you see. And America, which used to be the most, and, and America, which used to be the most magnificent city, uh, country in the world, is, but, but Europeans cannot believe what's happened to America. But we know the reason for that. Because we have morons who are in charge of America. I mean, I'm not even, we, we all know who they are. This is, the, this is the news cycle all day long, what is happening to America. Nobody can believe what's happening to America, you see. Because America has always been the top. Why? Because Asaph has been on top. Right. So, therefore, the most magnificent civilization has always been America. In fact, when America was in its heyday, which has been many, many years, America has been the most greatest nation on earth, in history, actually. Uh, so, how is it that in three years, America has descended to, to such a low status? And the answer is not only because of Biden. I believe that his power to free will has been taken away. In fact, all of them has been taken away. Because since the Sutton is dying, then the Sutton does not have access anymore to divine sparks. Automatically, that means that Esau must descend. Aha, but if Esau descends, then Israel has to rise. That's the automatic, because obviously Israel has access to those sparks of holiness. So we, we see that, that the country called Israel in the last 10, 20 years has achieved an unbelievable sophistication of civilization. Like I say, how could 9 million people outstrip most of mankind in terms of the ability and the advancement? How? And the answer is because Israel is going up. And since Esau, or I should say, um, the Sutton is dying, so therefore Esau is, is also dying because he gets all his energy from the Sutton. And dying means you're looking at it, you see? You're looking at the destruction of the American cities. That defy reason. That's the proof. None of this makes sense. Even a 10-year-old kid can say, this is absurd. And, and it's going to get much worse, you see. But that's why we see this. That's a very important thing to note that I want to bring out. Why America is descending you see, in terms of its ability to be sophisticated. And it's not just the descent, like I say, of the federal. It's a descent of the governors of the cities themselves, you know. Because we are at literally, we are, are at the threshold of the messianic era. And that's when the Sutton is dying. That's really what happens. The Sutton, when the Sutton is about to die, then the Mashiach comes. And when the Mashiach comes, it means that the Jewish people have to ascend. So right now we see the ascension, the advancement, 
in terms of the nation called Israel, the country, there's no question. Look, many people envy the Jewish people. In fact, if it wasn't for the anti-Semitism of the nations of the world, and we, we are now looking at tremendous rise in anti-Semitism, you see, then they would ally themselves with Israel. Why shouldn't they? You see, I mean, that itself is irrational. You see, I mean, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia only has money because it has oil. If Saudi Arabia had no oil, it would, be a, it would be a desert country with a bunch of camels swirling around the desert. That's what it would be. They don't have anything that even closely matches Israel. I mean, you know, it's a joke. It's really a joke. You have to laugh when you compare Saudi Arabia, which is the head of Islam, to Israel. You see? So, of course, Saudi Arabia finally realized this guy Mohammed bin Salman. Of course, he realized, hey, the oil runs out after a certain amount of time. And now what's left for us? And we know what the answer is. Nothing. Nobody would ever look at Saudi Arabia if they didn't have oil. Or many of the countries, you see. Uh, so they realize this. They realize the advancement and sophistication of the Jewish people. <clears throat> now, eventually it's going to happen to all the Jews, right? Right now, it's happening to the state of Israel. Because God, obviously, is returning. This is not an accident. Israel is returning to the Jews as a preparation for the messianic entrance. That's what it's all about, you know. Uh, I, you know, I, I realize that there are people that have different views and so on. But really, when you think about it, of course not. You know, has any nation after 2,000 years of exile, when the Jews were kicked out of Israel by the Romans, has any nation ever returned? Of course not. It's a miracle. Not only the language, Hebrew, has any language that has been dead for 2,000 years been restored to a living language? Of course not. When was the last time you heard somebody talking Latin? Right? And Rome was a lot bigger than Israel. And so on, you know. So obviously, there's something going on here. You see. And what I'm telling you is the concept of and in order to accomplish that, that, uh, that Asa will fall and Israel will rise, you know. So I believe God has taken away the free will of America and a great deal of the world. Because really most of the world is poor. At least 80% of the world lives in poverty. Then you have the industrial nations. Okay, but they also are not doing very well. In fact, the whole world is really suffering. So I want to point that out. We are witnessing something that really is not normal, but we don't see it because we're immersed in it. You know, we are so immersed in this pot of despair. We don't realize that, you see. But when you look around, you say to yourself, like I said, you know, where's the common sense? This doesn't make any sense, even on that level. You know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to be a genius to figure out that you guys are crazy. Uh, you see, in, in so many different ways. Any case, so that's an important thing to note. But that happens when mankind becomes crazy in that sense, 
right before <coughs> Messianic era. Because like what I've said, right? And one nation will be greater than the other nation. They're never equal. And I explain the, the underlying reason and so on, you see. So that's something I want to point out. And America used to be the greatest nation. And now it's the, uh, it's the bane or the brunt of laughter. People laugh at America, you know, especially what they're doing. It's just incredible. Could you imagine leaving Afghanistan the way Biden left Afghanistan? Uh, you have any idea how humiliating and embarrassing that is? And he doesn't care. He doesn't get it and so on. And then they leave back $80 billion or $85 billion worth of weapons. And then there's, uh, I think it's Bagram Air Force Base. I think it cost $2 billion to build or whatever. They leave that behind. I mean, what, are these crazy people? You know, of course. Because what God has done is remove their seichel, their common sense. And the reason for that, when you see such an enormous disruption of, of uh, intelligence, is because it's, me it's a messianic uh, preparation. Uh, and that's why Israel is growing and they're sinking. Hopefully, the Russian will not destroy America, and I don't believe he will. Hopefully, and I believe it will happen, Trump will come back, and the Russian I have mentioned before is infuriating Trump. We've never seen in history the treatment that a, president, a former president of the United States is receiving. It's just beyond belief what they're doing to this guy. 91 counts, right? And then four indictments. It's like non-stop. <clears throat> then they want to take him off the ballot. How do we explain this? And I mentioned before, a great deal of it is to infuriate Trump with his mindset. He will destroy the Democratic Party. And I'll tell you, it's not because he's, it's not only because he's angry at them, you know, revenge. No, <clears throat> it's much different. Because what they've done, if you think about it, they impeached him twice. They prevented him from giving his full uh, might to the presidency. He was so busy trying to defend himself against the absurd accusations and the false charges cooked up, right, by Hillary. It is just absolutely incredible, you see. But in any case, mm, um, so he has to destroy them. Why? Because they want to destroy America. This is only the beginning of what they want to do. They want to destroy America. So he has to do this to stop them from destroying America. So it's not only a personal revenge, which I'm sure is part of the mix, but it's also because they want power. They're all Marxist. They want to destroy America. They want to take over the federal government wants to take over your life and enormously curtail your liberties, your private property, you know. In many ways, this country is going to become like a Gestapo state where they wouldn't want to look everything. There's no privacy anymore, whatever, without getting into all the economics and so on, you know. Uh, and so th that's why he has to do it. So to make sure that he will be able to do that, the Benjamin has to infuriate him, humiliate him, degrade him, you see, 
and they're doing that obviously the wrong person that's clear and so on you know but again he will therefore when he gets back into the presidency he will again go and further the uh, the uh, Abraham Accords and I believe that Saudi Arabia will become an ally of Israel I mean certainly you take a look at Iran it's beyond belief what Iran is doing uh, and so on and uh, they will, uh, Saudi Arabia will become a major power in the Middle East in any case so that's a very important idea and so on you know <clears throat> now last week I had mentioned uh, certain ideas and one of the ideas I mentioned is that <clears throat> there's a concept of uh, that there are ten, ten spheres from last week and each sphere has ten subspheres which is a divine energy and therefore if you add them all up there's 100 spheres and the job of the tikkun is to bring the energy of all 100 spheres into the world and as a result of that the presence of God now enters creation or I should say re-enters creation so that's a very important idea I also mentioned that the main spheres are the bottom seven the lower seven these are the major spheres from Chesed there's Gevura there's first Netzachod Yisrael Malchus that those are the spheres that created this world there are seven that's why there are seven days of creation I mentioned that <clears throat> and the Avoidas the Avoida really is to open up or to bring into the world to release the energies of these 70 spheres because seven with ten subspheres is 70 <clears throat> then I mentioned also <clears throat> that in the beginning Odom Mauritian had that power and all the people of the world had that power and that's why there are 70 nations each one having the power of one subsphere because there are 70 right and their job was to do the tikkun to bring God back into the universe by rectifying these spheres and so on you see so that has to be done but what happened is Avram Avinu took it over because they failed to do the job which I had mentioned so he took over the concept of the 70 and I mentioned that quite extensively last week <clears throat> now what I also mentioned something very important is that of the 70 and I mentioned this also which is really in many ways very important is that because there are 70 spheres therefore each nation is rooted in one of the 70 you see and I mentioned something very interesting that the culture of that nation depends on the sphere that they're rooted in even though we don't realize that exactly how they connect but the whole concept of you know cuisine literature art music the whole mindset of a nation in many ways is rooted in the sphere that they're connected to which is a very important idea so when Avram took over you see he took over that those 70 cultures and I mentioned that 
Therefore, 70 plays a very prominent role in the whole idea of what the Jews have to have uh, in order to absorb the 70. Now, I also mentioned the second thing, is that of these 70 nations, 35 is under the umbrella of Esav, and 35 is under the umbrella of Yishmael. You see, so 35 and 35 is 70. So when you think about that, the overall culture is the culture of Esav and the culture of Yishmael, obviously, since they represent all 70. Therefore, what we see is something very interesting. Because of that, right, the concept that the Jews took over the 70, we therefore, right, absorb that. And guess what? We have to go into exile in Esau and Yishmael. Do you ever wonder why they are Svadim and Ashkenazim? Where does that come from? Well, we know <coughs> that the Ashkenazim are from Europe, right? But before the uh, 12th century or whatever, right, the Jews were in Yishmael. They were in the Middle East, in Babylon, and so on. And then they went to Europe. Do you ever wonder why? And that resulted in, right, Ashkenazim from Europe and Spain, or I should say Europe, Germany especially, and so on. And then ultimately, uh, what the Ashkenazim migrated to America and, uh, and a great deal of Western Europe. Then you have Jews that were in the Middle East, right? Iraq, Iran, Israel, right? Morocco, all the lands of Yishmael, Islam. Why? And the answer is, you know the answer. Because since we took over the notion of 70 aspects of the spheres, we therefore have to exile ourselves, or the goal has to be in these nations, primarily the two head or chief nations. One is Ishmael, which is the Middle East, and the other is Esau, which is Europe and Russia and the United States. Right. So what it means is that we have to go into each of these two sections and display righteousness or holiness, and therefore we take the spheres that are allied to Esau, which is 35, and we have to remain righteous in the Middle East, so we take over the divine energy of the spheres that are rooted in Ishmael. There you are. Uh, that's why Jews are organized into these two major sections. You see, you're either Sfard, right, or you're Ashkenaz. But why? Because those are the two chief nations that are the umbrella of all the other nations. So in order for us, when we took it over, we have to go into those nations, let's say the Middle East, and take out the Kedusha of the, the energy, the divine energy of the spheres in the Middle East, of those 35 nations, whoever they are, you see? So therefore the Jews actually adapt their culture. That's why the culture of Svadim is enormously Islamic, if you think about that. Their cuisine, <coughs> their davening, the way the music is, their literature and so on, it's basically Islamic which makes sense, because that's where they lived for a thousand years, you see. Because their job is to go into 
the Islamic countries, Yishmoel, and take out, right, the holiness or the sparks of holiness of those 35 spheres and so on out of the Islamic countries. The same thing with the Ashkenazim. The Ashkenazim have to go into Europe, right? Uh, whether it be Europe, uh, France, uh, Germany, Russia, and ultimately the United States. Same idea, we have to take out the 35 spheres, divine energy, of those countries. You see, which when you think about it is amazing, and that gives rise to what? Sfadim and Ashkenazim. There you are. That's the logic of why there are. I find what is interesting, right, is that now you find many Sfadim marrying Ashkenazim, or should I say Mary Ashkenazim marrying Sfadim. Because as we get closer to the Mashiach, most of the energy is gone from Yishmoel, the Islamic countries. And by the way, that's why they haven't contributed to civilization anything in the last, five, almost anything, in the last 500 years. And that's why they're so jealous. There was a time that Yishmo was very powerful, you know, and very sophisticated. I once heard that Babylon, Bovil, had 35 medical schools. That's how sophisticated. And they had many great scholars. In fact, the Rambam wrote his Murin in opposition to the Arabic philosophers. <coughs> they called them Mutakalimum, and so on. And not only that, algebra comes from the Islamic countries. The concept of algebra, the concept of zero. There are many things that they gave rise to. They had many, many uh, familiar uh, philosophers, mathematicians, and scientists, and so on. So, and now they haven't done anything in the last 500 years. That's one of the reasons why they hate Jews, Israel, because it's so far ahead of them and so on. Uh, because basically the divine energy that Yishmol had has been taken out of them by the Jews doing the avoidor of the 35 spheres that they should have had. And the same thing with, believe it or not, with Esau. I don't know if you know it, but the Jews are one quarter of one, not even less. It's, the Jews are less than one quarter of one percent of the world's population. So the world's population now is what? Is uh, over eight billion. And the Jewish population is a little over 15 million people. That's like, it's, that's not even a speck. You see? Now, what is one of the greatest indicators of intellectual achievement in the Western world? Nobel Prize. 35%, not one quarter of 1%, 35% of all Nobel Prizes have been won by Jews. How do you even explain this? How could such a small number of people, right, have contributed to this incredible, uh, you know, uh, advancement of civilization? 35% of Nobel Prize winners are Jews? That's unbelievable. Uh, you see? And we know, I mean, Marx was Jewish. Not that we're proud of Marx, but Marx is Jewish. Freud is Jewish. Einstein is Jewish. I mean, you just go through the, the list of scientists that are Jews. You see, uh, Lisa Meitner is Jewish. It's just incredible. 
you know, uh, so many scientists, even Niels Bohr, I read, I think his father was Jewish, you know, and so on. And he, he, these are the top guys in physics, nuclear physics and so on, you know. And then the entertainment industry, you know, Metro Golden and Mayer, you know, Jack Warner. I mean, it's just incredible. Charlie Chaplin, you know, it started with the, is Charlie Chaplin Jewish? I'm not sure. But anyway, <clears throat> I think so. I once heard that his father was Jewish, whatever. But anyway, the main idea is, it is so much, and then the musicians, you know, uh, how Mendelssohn, how many are Jews. The, the key is that the Jews are so advanced, far out of their numbers. You know, it's, uh, every nation has intelligent, you know, uh, people who achieve great uh, intellectual achievements and so on, you know. But you look at the numbers, the proportions, or the, and so on, it, it, it doesn't even make sense. And by the way, there are countries in the world that recognize this, you know, the contribution of Jews. In fact, it's interesting, some, I once read an article where somebody said, you, you don't like Jews? Okay, so imagine Jews don't exist. Let's take away all their contributions to mankind. And he actually did that. He took out the contributions that Jews have made for thousands of years. And I want to tell you something. The world became a caveman. It was incredible what the world turned into when he did that. And so on. But in any case, so that shows you, you know, the whole idea uh, of the Jewish contribution. You see, <clears throat> and also what's strange, so it's not only the Nobel Prize winners of the Jews and the return of the land after 2,000 years and the return of the language after 2,000 years. Is there any day that goes by in the world that Israel is not in the news? You know? I mean, there was once a story of a Japanese guy who went over to a Jew and said, you know, Israel is always in the news. Maybe you could show me where it is on the map. So the guy takes a map and he shows this little, this little dot sandwiched between Africa, Asia, and Europe, you know. Excuse me, this is Israel? There's nothing there. There are 22 Arab countries. You see, even this, and Israel, I think it's only 10,000 square miles, or is it kilometers? Even Jordan, I think, has 95,000 square miles. You know, Israel is a dot in the Middle East. So his question was, how could a country that is so small always be in the news? People are always talking about Israel. <clears throat> it's out of all proportion to how many people there are. People don't realize that is miraculous. It makes no sense, you see. Yet when you ask yourself, well, where is Israel? And you look at the country Israel, there's nothing there. How could they dominate the news so often? <clears throat> so that's another incredible miracle, you see. It's just the, the amount of coverage, news coverage. And today, of course, you know, that's given to them, you know. Uh, and this, so we begin to realize, and of course, the greatest miracle of all. You know, I'm not even talking about that, where I mentioned all these things. Of course, the greatest miracle of all is how did you survive? How can a nation, right, survive 2,000 years of exile without a country, without a language, right? 
based on the, and they're spread out all over the world, there is no nation of antiquity left. The Jews are the only nation of antiquity that survived. Nobody knows how. Yeah, there are all kinds of theories and so on. But it's the only exception to world history uh, that the Jews have survived 2,000 years of exile. But it's not only they survived, but they flourish. And they are spread all over the world, which also doesn't make sense. Jews are all over the world. There is no nation like Israel that is spread all over the world. You see. So all of this is ample proof that there's a divine energy. God protects the Jewish people. You see. In any case, so that's what I believe is really, in many ways, what is happening to America and why. Now I want, you, I want to mention two things. <clears throat> uh, and so on. And also, I, I just talked about why there is Sephardim and Ashkenazim based on the principles that you now know. And so on. <clears throat> in the end of uh, in Chayasara, right, it's, it, it brings down these are the descendants or tribes or whatever of Ishmael. And it mentions 12 of them. And then the next parasha, right, is told us, right? And it says, these are the descendants of Yitzchak, and so on, right? So, the Balaturim says something very interesting. Where, so he says, why is it that the descendants of Yitzchak is mentioned after the descendants of Yishmuel? You see, Balaturim, and the Balaturim brings down a medrash which is fascinating. The Medrash says that the reason why it talks about the descendants of Yitzchak, which obviously are the Jews, and the descendants of Yishmuel, and it says, this is to tell you that the descendants of, Yish of Yitzchak is the Mashiach. He's the major descendant of Yitzchak. He will come when the descendants of Yishmuel basically will be subdued. In other words, after the Shibud, or the Golas of Yishmuel, after the exile that the Jews go through Yishmuel, then the Mashiach, the descendant of Yitzchak, will come. That is a prophecy, which is an amazing prophecy. That means the Mashiach comes, or the redemption happens. Remember what the redemption is. It consists of several stages. One, that is the end of the exile. Two, that is the building of the Beis Hamikdash. Three, okay, is the entry of Mashiach ben Yosef. Then the entry of Mashiach ben David, and the return of the Shechina, the divine presence. When will that happen? When Yishmuel will end his reign, that Golis, then Mashiach comes. Where does he get that from? Where did the Baal Turm? It's a medrash. But can we find another source of this? And the answer is yes. And I've quoted this a long time ago. There's an incredible Yalkut Shemoini, okay, in Sefer Yeshaya, I think it's uh, the 500th parak or whatever. And here's what it says, and I've quoted this before. It says that at the end, 
in the week that Mashiach comes, okay, and that whole section is talking about Mashiach ben Yosef, not Mashiach ben David. Although it does say the Shavua in the week, which means, a, let's say, the seven-year cycle that Mashiach ben David comes, it says that Poras, Persia, which is today's Iran, will war with Arav, Arabia. That's what it says. And not only that, but then Arav, right, because they're now warring with Persia, will now seek assistance from Esau. And what will happen? And then it says, Poras will begin to destroy the world. Just begin to destroy the world. And it says that Jews will be frightened. That's what it says. And they're going to go you know, back and forth. And they're not going to know what to do. For some reason, Persia beginning to destroy the world is frightening to the Jewish people. And then all of a sudden, there will be a divine voice. It's called a basko. That will say, everything that has been done has been done only to bring to bring the redemption. Higia, the famous words, are Higia Zman Giulaschem. The time of your redemption has arrived. <clears throat> you see, that's what it says. Now that is an amazing medrash because that means you waiting for the Messianic era? Fine. Let me tell you when it's going to happen. After the war, war with Persia, Iran. That's what it says. So that is obviously a basis of what the Balatum says. That when does the Mashiach come? After the descendants of Yishmael. Persia, Islam, is part of the idea of Yishmael. It's really who they are. Persians and so on, right? So we now see something amazing, right? That the Balatum says that Mashiach comes after the war with Persia. And not only that, that's the Yalkut, you see. But, but, but that's amazing. Why? Because that's exactly what's happening now, isn't it? Persia, or Iran, I should say, is conducting a tremendous war, not just against Israel, you see. And when it says that Israel will be frightened, we know why. When 1,200 people get butchered, slaughtered, and dismembered, that's frightening. You see, it's frightening. Even though Israel has nuclear weapons, but to witness that display of evil is frightening. You see. And not only that, what's interesting is look what that's doing. Persia or Iran, through their proxies, are now fighting with the whole world. I mean, the Houthis, right? Are, are, are shelling ships with missiles, right? And that's the entire world. They're threatening everybody. You see, not just Israel and so on, you know? And what America doesn't realize is they're next. Because the wish or the will or the plan of Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran is to do what? They don't want to live with Israel. This is the incredible concept. They don't want to live with Israel in a two-state solution. Only stupid fools think that. Because they don't understand what Islam is. Islam is a world-conquering religion. They're not interested in li living peacefully or coexistence with anybody. 
because what determines the history of Islam is, is the Quran. You see, they're not interested in living peacefully with another country. They want to control the world. First, the Middle East. What they want is a caliphate. So this concept of Biden and Blinken is laughable. These people have no clue as to what a Muslim is. A Muslim is somebody that wants to dominate the world and bring Sharia law into the world. That's their objective. They don't see, they don't see themselves living with anybody in peace. They have to dominate the entire planet. You see, I find it astounding that this is the American understanding of what goes on in the world. But in any case, so therefore, we are witnessing the beginning of Persia, Iran. Right now, it's through their proxies, Hezbollah, Hamas, and the Houthis. They are conducting war with the, a war with the entire world. That's what they're doing, you see. But that's incredible, so that's the bad news, right? And they will get the bomb, or else how could they begin to destroy the world if they don't have a nuclear weapon, you see? And the incredible thing is nobody understands that. You know, I always have to laugh, I'll be honest with you. You know, I have to laugh at George Bush, you know. He went to war. Against who? So he saw Iraq as the enemy. But he's foolish. The real enemy isn't Iraq, it's Iran. Well, the reason for that, obviously, because he doesn't know how to learn. He doesn't know Torah, you see. <clears throat> so he thought Iraq was the enemy, because I think they wanted to kill his father, whatever, you know. But guess what? Why did the Bonshima have the Iraqi war? Right? Why? Because what the Bonshima wanted to do is to fool America into thinking that Iraq is the enemy, Saddam Hussein, not Iran. Because the Bonshima did not want America to interfere with the nuclear buildup of Iran. Right? It was a distraction. In order for Iran to have a nuclear weapon, then America went to war with Iraq, not Iran. It's incredible when you think about that. And therefore, America ignored Iran all the years, you see. And now it's even worse, because now American policy, right, is to uh, 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 cozy up to Iran, which is a very interesting concept. Why is that? <clears throat> and I will talk about that. In fact, maybe I'll just mention the concept because I don't know if I'll get to it. Because in many ways, I believe that Obama, Barack Obama, is going. And therefore, he starts, right? He has to cozy up to Iran so the Yalkut can now happen where Iran will now try to destroy the world and America will do nothing. So the first thing the Rabbanisham did originally was to distract America that the real enemy is not Iran, it's Iraq. That's what he thought, Saddam Hussein. So America goes to war with Iraq, leaving Iran intact in order to build a bomb. It's amazing when you think about that because the prophecy isn't about Iraq. The prophecy is really about Iran. You see, and that's exactly what you're doing. They're doing. Iran is building the bomb, right? And through their proxies, and eventually Iran himself, 
there will be a war between Iran and Israel. You see? And that war is Higiyazman Gulaschem. The time of your redemption has arrived. Therefore, we are looking at the end. Right? You see? And what I'm saying in this whole Shia, my thesis, is what? Is that America is going down in the dumps. Why? Because Esau must go down when Israel goes up. And we are literally at the beginning. Now you understand why I went into that. And so on. You see? But the, the Medrash, like I say, and the Yalkut, right, Shemoni, and the Balaturim, all point to this. That the last war, literally, before the Mashiach, is Iran, not Iraq, not Russia, and so on. And guess what? We are in it, which is the good news and the bad news. The good news is that we're at the end. The bad news is that it's going to be a lot of suffering in Yisurin and so on because of that. But at least we know we're at the end, you see. Now part of the idea we know, since it is almost at the end, I mentioned in a couple of Shurim back there, you need a bearer. You need some type of, uh, what do you call it, a, uh, a, an event that will separate who is on God's side. And amazingly, you're having the bureau all over the world, you see. And that also basically, in many ways, happens at the end, you see. So this is really a tremendous amount of uh, very, very important ideas and so on. Uh, in terms of what's happening. So really, when you think about it, it's going to get worse. But f what's interesting, like I said, even though America is going to diminish, but remember, the job of America is not really to diminish. It's not to disappear. Because America has done, and, and it's going to happen through the Toif which I mentioned. That's the whole concept of Trump, is to destroy the evil of Esau, you see, and to now begin to assist the Jewish people, which he already started. I gave a whole shit on why it ended and so on. To assist the Jewish people to now bring the Mashiach and so on, you see. And I mentioned because America has done many great things for the Jewish people. And besides, like I said, because America, the good, the good part of Esau does not deserve to be destroyed. In any case, First of all, America is a very kind country. Tremendous chesed. It's called an umashul chesed. They have the greatest foreign budget, you know, to help people in the entire world. Nobody beats America in terms of their contributions, in monetarily, that is, to the world. So that act of chesed, God remembers very well. And therefore, that I hold that's one of the primary reasons why the Rebunishim will not allow America to be destroyed by Biden and his cohorts. The second thing about America, which is even greater, is the amount of Torah <coughs> that has been learned in America is astounding. America supports Torah, not only because they have freedom and liberty, and as a result of that, Jews are able to learn Torah, right, uh, without distractions, without persecutions, without pogroms, and so on. And 
therefore America could claim that we are responsible for a tremendous amount of Torah in America and that is in itself a tremendous amount of reward and so on you see God remembers that I'll tell you something interesting you know Japan was wiped out after World War II right we know that so Japan lost was a major enemy of the United States Truman dropped two bombs Nagasaki and Hiroshima and Japan was basically a destroyed country in that sense right when you take a look at Japan Japan is one of the richest countries on earth the amazing thing about Japan is they don't have any natural resources the question is how they do it and the answer really is right because God wanted them to be wealthy but the question is wait a minute why are they wealthy? What do they do? What's their schus? What is their merit that Japan merited to be, I think it's the second or third, I'm not sure which, what the order is, but it's within four of the wealthiest nations on earth. How in the world does an island country achieve that? And I'll tell you why. Because America, or rather Japan, has a tremendous claim, you see. <clears throat> so I can imagine Japan, the angel of Japan, is standing in front of the heavenly court, right? Should Japan be destroyed or not? So the angel of Japan standing there and pleading for his country, Japan. So one of the angels on the court says, okay, why shouldn't we destroy you? You know how many people have been killed because of you and your crazy emperor? I mean, we have no idea what an evil person Hirohito was. Not only was he seen as a god, it's just incredible how the Japanese worshipped this guy. Him and his, his head man, Tojo. We have no concept of how many people died and the cruelty of Japanese. So the angel is saying, you know, so the, the uh, heavenly, uh, it's obviously, I don't know if it ever occurred, but you can imagine the drama of this, where the angel says, uh, please let Japan survive, you know, without America dropping a third bomb, which could have been easily the case. <coughs> I mean, it, it wiped out two cities. It's incredible, you know. <clears throat> so the Besant says to the angel of Japan, well, what's your merit? Why? Why shouldn't you just be destroyed? permanently, or not totally destroyed, but to become impoverished. No problem, you have no natural resources. Even according to natural order, you, have, you, you know where, you know. So the angel of Japan says an incredible thing, you see. I'll tell you why. We have an incredible merit, why? Because all the Jews came from Europe, they ran across Russia, they took the Siberian train, and they all landed in Japan, Kyoto, wherever, Tokyo, wherever they landed, right? And we allowed them to go to Shanghai. And in Shanghai, because Japan was in charge at that time of China. Anyway, we allowed them to learn Torah, right? Because of us, the Miri Yeshiva exists in Israel and America. Rabbah and Kotla exists, right? We're responsible for all the incredible Torah that came after us, which brings the tikkun, 
You see, so even though we didn't know what we were doing, obviously, but in the end, we helped them survive. We helped them learn Torah. We, we, it's all famous, you know, uh, what, what the, the Torah of Shanghai, I don't know, there's books written on this and so on, you know? And then there's a guy, what's his name? Uh, not Fujiyama. Sujiyama. Sujihara, that's it. You know, I'm not, and he was Japanese, and you know how many visas he gave out? But Japan itself allowed the Jews to practice their Judaism. You see? So therefore, God's, God or the, the Bezdin said, you're right. And therefore, not only will we allow Japan to survive, but we are going to allow them also to flourish because they enable the flourishing of Torah itself. And not only that, we're going to make them one of the four richest nations in the world, even though there's no natural resources, which is incredible when you think about that, you see? And that's exactly what happened, you see? So imagine if that's what happened to Japan that once. America has allowed the Jews to learn Torah for how many years? Right? Decades and decades where the Jews have flourished, right? And have been able to practice their religion. And God does not forget, and He doesn't deny the reward. So America will survive, no question about that. But not under Biden or the Democratic Party. America will survive in a new way, which is called the Tev Shebeisav. Okay, so what have I done? <clears throat> I've introduced very important concepts. You see, the, this, the dissolution of America, why it's happening, what the biblical references to this, you see, right? The whole concept of culture, what the origin is, the concept of Svadim and Ashkenazim, right? And so on, you, you see, and right. And also the proof why we are at the end. The Balaturim, the Medrash, and the Yalkut, that this is the end because, like it says, the time of your redemption has arrived. And what war is that? The war of Iran, which is now taking place, you see. Uh, and uh, after this is over, and that is why the bad part of Yishmael, which I mentioned, that there's a good and bad part of Yishmael, just like there's a good and bad part of Esav, when that war is over, something will happen. And I want to talk about that as part of the Shia of next week. Uh, what, what will happen? Because there's one more component. There's not only the component of Esav, the good part and the bad part, Biden and Trump, and it's not only Yishmael, Hamas, Hezbollah, Houthis, right, Iran, and so on, and Israel. But the last part of the equation is the era of Rav, is those Jews that are not interested in Torah altogether. What will happen to them? What seems to be happening? So I want to talk about that uh, next week, plus I want to talk about, get into the whole concept of what is the basic hanhoga? Hanhoga means the basic behavior or conduct of God for the last two, three hundred years, which is very important. I want to explain many unknown phenomenon. Thank you. <laughs>